Hey there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So, hello, hello again, everybody. Always such a pleasure and a privilege to come together with you um, and share these incredible stories from incredible individuals. So we're chugging right along on the interview series featuring these modern day metal uh, heads. <laughs> yes, I just made that up. So as we continue on the series, I met this individual, of course, chatted with her. We had an incredible conversation. She moved me just in the short conversation we had. I felt like I had an entire counseling session <laughs> just in the time that we had um, some small talk. So I could not wait to bring her on. And with that, I wanted to say welcome to Miss Deborah Coffee. Welcome, Deborah. Welcome, Mary. I actually had an amazing conversation with you, too. I really enjoyed it when we chatted. I was looking forward to being here because of that conversation. Yes, me too. I was really excited to bring you on. The people that I connect with here, my audience, my essentially extension of my family, these individuals I know are going to really, really resonate and benefit from the super valuable information that you have to share. So if you're ready, I would love to get right into it. Go for it. Or do you so, want me to go for it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about how about you go for it? How about you start it off? You kick it off. I've done enough talking already. <laughs> well, okay. I hang up here in northern Canada, well, northern Canada, mm -hmm. northern Alberta in Canada in Fort McMurray, and I am a counselor, and I do a lot of work with women with trauma. Uh, sometimes it's single events. Sometimes it is a lot of trauma from childhood that can sometimes become much more complicated. And it can make some really challenging situations arise. And like everybody, I have had my traumatic moments in life and had to find ways to hmm, integrate that into my life, to grieve and to heal and to accept sometimes that some things don't get healed. They just We just learn to walk with them differently. Ooh, so that's an interesting concept. And we did talk about that a little bit in terms of the term, the term healing and what that entails. Yeah, because some people love the term healing because sometimes we think when we're healing, that must mean I'm sick. So if I've been through mm. trauma, does that mean I'm sick? There's something wrong with me? Yes, it absolutely feels like there's something incredibly wrong, even though many people that have experienced really severe trauma function really well in the outside world. They do. I mean, some of them hold amazing jobs, raise wonderfully beautiful children, have incredible relationships with partners, but inside sometimes feel like they can barely manage to get through moment to moment. So there's sometimes this almost like a break within themselves that yes, I can function out here, but functioning inside can be a challenge. And, but the idea of healing, because it never seems to end, like I'm always trying to heal myself. So it becomes, how do I learn to walk peacefully with myself? And I think that's really more about what it is. So do we heal trauma or do we learn to walk peacefully inside and find a way to also walk peacefully outside? Ooh, so that's basically when you were talking about basically being a high functioning individual, an individual who is able to maintain those relationships, who is able to sort of have that drive to go after what they want in life. 
what is the disconnect between sort of that internal and external struggle? Because I mean, if you were able to sort of manage those everyday, you know, daily going to work, dealing with people, that sort of thing, how is there, like, how does, is there a disconnect there? Oh, and I find that so interesting because we have yeah. those conversations, like I have those conversations with clients, right? As, as I work with clients and, and even just at times when I've had to face my own sort of traumatic experiences, because I can so easily do things for others. And I mean, mm-hmm. many of the clients are so good at doing for others. And it's not even that they don't do things for themselves, but inside never feels peaceful. It always feels like a volcano. And and I would say that's a really good way to describe it. It always feels like a volcano. You're always putting out internal fires. There's rarely peace. Did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? And it's like there's always this internal battle. It's like the voices that might have been the voices of trauma are still there. And it's who are you listening Mm. to? But it doesn't necessarily stop you from being great at your job or loving a partner or being loved by people. Because somebody's been through a lot of trauma, it doesn't mean that they're going to be living under a bridge. In fact, I often think it's quite different because I know we often think, well, people that have had really severe trauma often end up broken and they don't function. They're going to be taking drugs. They're going to be drinking. But a lot of them are really very doing well on the outside, but they don't feel well on the inside. And so some people look at it and go, oh, you're fine. But their inside, it's like, no, I never have peace. I never feel okay. Uh, it's never enough. I'm never able to meet up to whatever standard. And there's, so there's a internal, internal battle that goes on a lot. That internal battle, that internal dialogue of, you know, always second guessing yourself, always second guessing all of your interactions, always looking so deep into it. It, it feels like you're being hypercritical, not only of yourself, but of everything that you do. And that it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. Like, uh, how, what can people do to help sort of combat those internal thought cycles and those internal critics who, I mean, I just speaking from my own experience, I can, I know that I have those exact worded thoughts in terms of like, did I do the right thing? Is that person happy with me? Am I, you know, is my boss angry with me? Am I, you know, am I meeting all of my goals? Am I going I to go to the gym? Like it's a constant internal yes. dialogue of yes. being like your worst critic. It really is. So, and I'm really curious just because that brings up such an interesting question for yourself. When do you feel safe? Oh, Now that, (laughs) wow. So I can honestly say, we're getting really, really real, guys. (laughs) So in terms of safety, feeling safe, I cannot think of a moment in my life where I truly felt safe. I always felt like I had to either be preparing for something to happen to me or I was dealing with something that happened to me, you know, working through that or like I've never actually been in a space where I could say, I feel safe right now. I don't feel like I have to over plan. I don't feel like I have to over control. Like I've never felt that way. I've always felt like I have to be, I've had to have some sense of what's going to happen basically. If not, 
oh, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And, but isn't that such an interesting question? Because that, I think, if we were to take everything and boil it down to, never mind the healing, the this or that, when do you feel safe? Because we can make the outside seem like it's safe. We have a job. Our children are doing okay. Our partner and I are doing okay. But inside, we never truly feel safe. Because there's lots of things we can't control. And we logically know that. But emotionally, like we got to control everything because we want to keep safe. So we're always, it's like being a hyper, not hyperactive, that's the wrong word, being hyper vigilant. Like we had to be as a child when we went through trauma or even as an adult, like somebody that's in say a a domestically violent partnership, um, Mm -hmm. you're hyper vigilant all the time. Everything has to be okay. Everybody has to be okay. Make sure everything is okay. And then everything is safe where it's actually not. And then even if our life seems to be safe, if we've been through enough trauma and our world, yep. I got a home, I got everything I need, I'm not starving, everybody's okay, I got a job. But inside that ability to feel safe and let down the guard, can you trust? Can I, will you be there? Mm. The, the thought of abandonment, just all that stuff, will I have enough, especially depending on the kind of trauma you've had, right? And I think that becomes the goal or that becomes a journey. And, and I think you and I had talked about that, the idea that sometime when trauma is big enough, bad enough, been there long enough. It's really the work of a lifetime. So it's not a matter of I'll heal trauma in three weeks. Yay, just take my program. We're all good. It's really more about how do I learn to walk with that and knowing that it's a journey. And sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's more challenging. Sometimes new things come up that trigger old things. And maybe I have to go back in and do a deeper piece of work again. So, and it's that vacillating back and forth, right? Sometimes things are easier. Sometimes they're harder, but how do I learn to walk peacefully inside myself? Yeah. And when we find those moments and we begin to realize what that feels like, and we begin to grow that, that's where I think if we want to talk about healing and integrating and walking gently in the world and within ourselves, I think that's what a lot of people with trauma, it's like, oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Oh, so I, I love your number one, your perspective on healing. I think it, even though I myself use that term all the time, because even though you say healing you it just like you say you are maybe subconsciously acknowledging that you feel like you're sick you feel like you're broken there's something within you that needs to be fixed that's sort of the implication and you may not realize that you're doing it but it's like you're all if you you know I'm always healing or you're, I'm mm-hmm. always going through this journey and it you it's truly a two sort of a two-sided thing. You are proud of yourself for your healing, but at the same time, will I ever be healed? <laughs> That's the thing. You Do I ever get to the healed part? Or yeah. do I, you know what I mean? Am I constantly in the state of healing? Instead of that realization, every day you walk this journey away from sort of maybe what's been handed to you because we're going to assume if it's childhood trauma most people aren't born into it and go 
hey, I think I want to be beat or, you know, like, hey, let's not feed me properly. So we know that those are not circumstances people are looking to walk into. Most adults really don't want to walk into abusive situations either. So sometimes we are stuck in a situation as a kid and it gets really confusing and it actually changes the brain. The research is showing that if a situation is bad enough, it actually changes the the brain of a kid and learning how to be calm is like, there's no way. And I mean, how do you learn to cope when the person that says, I love you, smack, and I'm using that as an example, there could be so many Mm -hmm, things that go on. Mm -hmm. Living with a parent that has a mental illness, even though, you know, that's not uh, like how dare you have a mental illness or a parent that dies, these things begin to affect us and they can really add up, right? So when you think of that journey, so now that idea of how do I how do I become the kind of adult I could have been if I didn't have those circumstances and yet every day oh, God, you may be walking yes. beautifully and amazingly and have resilience and just the courage to get up today and live today and be today and be willing to look at the journey and want to change the journey. And that in itself is so much courage. And I think the one thing that we had talked about is that you cannot be doing this 24-7 all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. I have to heal, 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 Mm -hmm. because that's where it gets exhausting. And then you're never okay. And you just need to do one more thing, do one more thing, do one more thing. And it's like, that's what you were saying. I'm exhausted from trying to be so perfect and so healed and so we kind of remember we I, we got that idea that it's it's this journey sometimes we read a book we see a counselor we see a coach we work with friends we read an article whatever it might be we journal we do art we do a thousand and one things and it's kind of like we create this little space in our world however big it is and it's like it's enough for now and in that space we live love laugh and, and we, we do our thing and hopefully, and this is that key part, can we allow ourselves to just be there and it's okay and it's safe and know that because it is a journey that we'll do another piece. We'll see another counselor. We'll do another coaching program. We'll read another book or an article or talk with friends or decide that this is okay, that I'm okay with this at this time and that that actually is enough and that we're enough, right? So, and all of that is a, that, I think, is that work of integration and that trying to gently move it forward without the demand of, I must heal, I must be this, or some big word or some big magic place to be, right? Yes, I can resonate with that directly, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners can. And so it, it sounds like you're, you're basically speaking on the importance of, of self-acceptance, of accepting yourself in this moment, not constantly trying to sort of whittle yourself into, you know, this version (laughs) that you perceive is going to be just, oh my God, she never has an issue. She never has issues talking to people. She's always ready to go. She's always, she's always feels safe. You know what I mean? This idea of like, that person's just right over the hill. That is right over the hill. It's like, you know, that person isn't me. That's, that's the main thing that you think. That person isn't me yet. How does one begin to sort of live in that state of self-acceptance, in that in that uh, slice of safety and self-acceptance? And and I think to me sometimes that my my thoughts, and again, this is not like we're not talking. Hey, I'm some researcher and I'm some great. I I I haven't written any books on trauma, though I've certainly read enough of them and studied enough of them. But 
it's that idea that it's a process. And it really starts with the idea that I don't have to have an outcome to actually start to recognize where I'm at. That it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. And, and sometimes we don't realize that when there's trauma, there's always grief. Oh. You know, you cannot... Yes have trauma without having grief because all the things that didn't happen, all the things that should have happened, all the hopes, the dreams, and the plans, and then they didn't happen. And just so because it is a journey, it's maybe sometimes stopping and going, so that place I think I should be, that end goal, that's awesome. But isn't it okay to be here and just enjoy this part of the journey? Is it okay for me to step over here and have a look at the flowers, because I love flowers. Flowers mean a lot to me. So mm-hmm. learning to be in the here and the now, and so the awareness that learning to be in touch with your body, your emotions, your friends, and just try to see it from that perspective. And, and I, this is not necessarily always easy because, and it's funny, I can hear clients in my head, yeah, but, yes, yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> There's going to be the yeah, buts, and it's acknowledging, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I wish that hadn't happened. So we have to grieve our past so that, and sometimes we have to look back. For some people, it's a shorter journey. Some people, it's longer. We mm-hmm. have to really be intensely in our present. And then we have to understand that worrying about everything in the future robs us of being in our present. So our, our past often can paralyze our present. And our extreme fear of the future can rob us of being able to enjoy the present, of actually being present in our present. So it's understanding that all those moments flow. The past becomes the present. The present becomes the future. And we don't live in any of it if we're so hijacked from kind of where we're at. And I really am not a philosophizer. So that idea of how do you do this? It literally is a journey. And I mean, that time to sit with yourself every day. Um, And I mean, Mm. there is no, and this is the thing, like, uh, if you just do these six steps, take my program and guess what? You know, in six weeks, we'll have you there because the truth is, and I think this was the other key thing that we said, it's an individual journey. Because you and I are both on this program, we're both talking and yet we're not experiencing this the same way. And not just because you're the host and I'm the the hostie, whatever you want, whatever. So I'm the person being hosted, whatever. Um, we're going to experience a different, we could sit in the same car and we will not experience the world the same way because we have different dispositions. Yeah. We've had different experiences. And what I remember, you might remember differently, which is rather interesting when you talk to your siblings about you know past memories. But So the idea is understanding that sometimes how we find safety is going to be different. But it's the idea. So you try something, if it works, awesome. Put it in your toolbox. And it's often more than one tool, right? It's more than one thing. For some Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. it's exercise. For some people, it's peaceful moments. For some people, it involves prayer and other things, right? So... Or, and often it's a combination, right? Um, we know certain things are absolutely really important. An amazing social support network. And it can, it, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a partner. It can be friends. It can be extended relatives. Having people that believe in you yes. and think you're amazing. It, it goes a huge long way. Learning mm-hmm. to find the things that you can enhance and love in yourself. 
you know, learning to be able to sit peacefully and even uncomfortable emotions. And that is not easy for people that have been through trauma oh. because, yeah, emotions are really dangerous. Because if you get too excited or too unhappy, somebody's going to be all over you. Yeah. So, like I say, it's, it's an individual journey, but, um, and that's why we read books and stuff. And so for some people, journaling, other people, Art. I mean, I love something called emotional freedom technique, and it's something I use with clients. And uh, it's a really cool technique where you tap and you talk. And it was originally meant as a self-help technique, and it can be used in therapy, which, of course, I find it cool to use it in therapy. But mm-hmm. it was originally designed as a self-help technique, so it can be used between sessions, and it can give you a big bang for your buck sort of thing because you do a lot of work in between. Obviously, there's some amazing books and we all get inspired by people's stories, which they do. They have a tremendous amount of effect on us, such as your podcast, obviously, right? Because it moves oh. people to somebody's been successful. What in that story resonates with me? What can I do with that, right? Right, exactly. Oh my gosh. So many. So community, uh-huh. getting a good, a good toolbox together, a good arsenal for you to pull out and, and use yep. these methods staying present mm-hmm. and self-acceptance. Uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> oh, no, I would say those are key factors and not expecting right. because Ari did this. If I just copy her precisely, it will work for me. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because my internal world may be different. My strengths and my challenges, again, are going to be different, right? I, mm-hmm. I laugh and I say, I really do love flowers. So for me, just seeing flowers is an amazing pick-me-up, right? So for me to take a walk anywhere, and if I just need a pick-me-up, all I need to do is look at flowers. And I just, I just need to think about flowers and I feel happy. So... But that's not going to be the same for everybody. Like if you're not a big flower person, it's like, have fun with that, Deborah. But like, not for me. You know what I mean? So that's what I say. So learning to do those things, right? Mm -hmm. But individualizing it is, uh, and that's actually where it gets fun. It doesn't feel fun at first, but eventually it gets to be fun because it's your journey. And you so get to mix and match. And hopefully when you can be curious, that would be the other thing. When you can be curious and playful. That is mm-hmm. when it starts, it can start to feel different. When you're taking a more like engaged approach to, it's like, these are things that you inherently know that, you know, when you hear it spoken by an expert, you're like, okay, so I'm, <laughs> you know, for everybody out there who's, you know, especially in terms of the having a unique perspective and that not everything's going to work for you and trial and error and kind of figuring out what does work for you and but understanding that not everything will so there are some things that won't and some things that will but you have to you got to try them all out you got to be open-minded enough i i love that Uh, before we wrap up is there anything that you would like to leave with our audience or any message that you would like to share don't give up don't give up on you don't give up on the journey right allow it to just kind of be open to you and and it's okay if you're scared and it's okay if it's not always easy and it's okay sometimes if it doesn't feel like it's ever going to happen it only happens a step at a time you're never going to get to the end without having taken all the steps in between and on that note and I think this is one of the things we talked about I have a program called 30 ways and it's a PDF program, so it just comes by email, and it's all very, very tiny little steps that a person can do, ways to sort of build that toolbox, because 
today I use a hammer, tomorrow I may need a screwdriver. Using a hammer every day is not going to be helpful, even if it's my favorite tool. Does not get that screwdriver, the screw into the wall, right? But great for a nail. So that same idea. So the 30 Ways program really offers just a lot of little things that are pretty amazing. And people that have done the program have actually made some really positive comments back. And anybody that wants the program, like I say, it's an email program. I tend to send each one out on a Monday and people are at various places that they get it. I use it with clients, but anybody that wants it is more than welcome to it. They just have to contact me via email or my Facebook page and I will start them on that 30-day program and they are 30-week program, actually. It's 30 PDFs. I send it one weekly. And if that helps in that journey, that would be amazing. I'm uh, <laughs> I think I may sign up for that 30 day program, a 30 week you program. You are welcome so. to it. I will make sure that you get started on Monday. <laughs> this has been, Deborah, speaking with you is, oh God, so rewarding, so fulfilling. I was about to cry a couple of times. I'm not a crier, <laughs> but it's like, I really am not. So having sort of, uh, having you share those really, personal, really just spot on descriptions of individuals who are dealing with developmental and trauma and CPTSD and just understanding those pillars we talked about, self-acceptance, staying present, trial and error, don't give up. Um, I think that one is (laughs) really important because you will reach several, several stages in which you're like, I'm, I will never get better. This is, I have told myself that many times where I'm like, I am permanently damaged. I even hate that word. It's a triggering word, mm. but that is what, you know, I will go through that and think that. And I know so many other people do. It's, Deborah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing. It has, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for letting me have a chance just to chat again with you, Ari. It has been really nice. Oh, thank you so much. And with that, everyone, my weekly reminder, um, which is still so important. um, This might be the second time you guys have heard me get choked up on this podcast. (laughs) But please, please, please remember that I love each and every one of you and bloom where you are planted. 